Gracious God, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you that we can come aside on a Thursday afternoon to worship you in song and to worship you by hearing your word, letting it go into our lives, surrendering to it, and choosing to live by it. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us to do just this. Um, And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd rest on me to bring your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully. Thank you that we can gather together in your presence to the name and the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Paul closes out his counsel to Timothy here in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, starting with verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Now, it'd be kind of funny, if I went out on the streets and I asked people the question, are you rich? Are you rich? I imagine that most people would say no. Uh, Occasionally, I think you'd find somebody who maybe has income in seven figures or so, and and they would claim to be rich. But the, the truth is that probably most of us do not think of ourselves as rich. And so when we read something like this in 1 Timothy, we can kind of gloss over a little bit because, you know, as for those who are rich in this present age, uh, that's not me, you know. And obviously he's not talking about the age to come. That's why he says this present age. But the question is, though, how do we define what is rich? How does the Bible define it? Well, in terms of poverty the Bible tends to define poverty as those who do not have enough to provide for their food, their clothes, and their shelter. So if you don't have food, you don't have clothes, you don't have shelter, you're poor. And if you have your basic needs for food, clothes, and shelter, then you're not poor. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're rich. So how how can we start to say whether or not we're rich? Well, the question comes, do we have more than we actually need? Do we have more than we need for our food, clothes, and shelter? And if we have more than we absolutely need for our bare necessities of food, clothes, and shelter, then we're actually rich. In fact, probably the poorest of us compared historically would be considered extremely wealthy. And the important part about that is that this passage applies to us. All of us who are rich, that is, all of us who have more than what we need for our food, clothes, and shelter, we are rich. And so Paul is telling Timothy to talk to us. And he gives Timothy the things to say to us. Now, this is important because we are going through 
and we're talking here about traveling through tough times. And as we travel through tough times, we've been talking about how it's important for us to keep our focus on Jesus. I mean, especially in times like now when it's tempting to have our focus on uh, certain politicians or it's tempting to have our focus on uh, the, the European Parliament. Uh, we're called to keep our focus on Jesus and also to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is absolutely essential. We cannot travel through tough times unless we're focused on Jesus and we're filled with the Holy Spirit because our focus on Jesus keeps us going in the right direction and being filled with the Holy Spirit enables us, gives us the power that we need to live our lives for Jesus Christ. So both of those, kind, those concepts are essential. And these last number of weeks, we've been talking about how do we travel through tough times, because not only is now tough times when it comes to the United Kingdom, but I believe in the coming year or two, we're going to see even tougher times. Uh, many people are predicting, for example, that another big recession could hit by 2020. Uh, and so there are going to be tougher times ahead. In fact, I think it's going to get tougher before it gets easier in most places. So we need to be equipped and we need to be ready to travel through tough times. And if we're going to travel through tough times, we need to learn two disciplines that at first they seem to be at odds with one another, but actually the two go together. The first is the discipline of generosity, but the second is the discipline of frugality. Generosity and frugality. And I think Paul is talking about both of these things here in this passage when he's talking to Timothy. But he starts out with generosity. As for the rich in this present age, and by the way, again, that includes probably every single one of us sitting here and all the people who happen to be listening to this right now uh, on, uh, online or uh, in a recording. You are probably wealthy. You probably have a little bit more than what you actually need for your food, clothes, and shelter. Now, by the way, most of us, even with that regard, don't have that attitude. Uh, I remember years and years ago, I used to be part of men's, men's prayer breakfast uh, in my first church. And sometimes I thought it was more breakfast than prayer. Uh, but we'd all get together, and we were from several different churches, and there was one guy, a lovely saint called Albert. And Albert went to a Lutheran church, and uh, oftentimes he'd read passages like this, and then he'd say, he'd ask the rhetorical question, how much is enough? How much is enough? And then he'd answer his rhetorical question, just a little bit more than what I have. Just a little bit more. You know, how much is enough? Just a little bit more. And obviously that's a lot of people's attitude. Uh, but one day I couldn't stand it any longer, so I turned to him and said, Albert, I don't know about you, but enough is a lot more than what I have. And everybody laughed. Uh, but we can get into that attitude. We don't think of ourselves as rich, but remember, we all would most likely be considered rich, especially in, in terms of world history, uh, in terms of our resources and things, even though we might not consider ourselves rich in terms of the extravagant wealth sometimes in our nation uh, or those that have a bit more than we do and seem to have it a lot easier than we do. Uh, but the passage still applies to us. And so 
Paul is talking to Timothy here about this discipline of generosity, and he says, command those who are rich in this present age to do the following things. He says, they are to, uh, uh, are not to be haughty. Whoops, I got string hanging off my glasses. <laughs> he tells them, don't, don't get arrogant. Don't be proud of the fact that you've got a lot of money. And he says, uh, also, uh, don't put your hope on your wealth. Don't put your hope on your bank account. Um, but uh, put your hope on God. And this is setting the foundation. Put your hope on God, who, interestingly here, it says, get richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So when we're talking about generosity, and we're talking about frugality, kind of underlining this whole discussion is the realization that what we do have, God has given to us for our enjoyment. I know a lot of times Christians have a real uh, sour-faced sour kind of attitude when it comes to enjoying things. It's almost like Christians can't enjoy uh, 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 the pleasures of life, that they can't enjoy going out to eat with friends, that they, they're not supposed to enjoy their food, that, that they're supposed to eat uh, as little bit as possible or drink those protein shakes, you know, which are just like terrible. Uh, you know, that, that somehow we, we're not supposed to really like things, uh, that we're not supposed to enjoy our house or our home or our car or, or our clothes or these kinds of things. And Paul just uh, he, he completely obliterates that argument and says that God has provided us everything for us to enjoy. So there's nothing wrong with enjoying what you have. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the money you have or the house you have or the job you have or the food that you eat or the clothes that you wear or any of those kinds of things. So Paul is not trying to create some kind of attitude that, that we should be poor that we should impoverish ourselves, that we should not enjoy the good things that God has provided because God has provided us everything for us to enjoy. So with that as a foundation, with that as a backdrop, he then tells us uh, in this discipline of generosity to do the following. He says they are first to do good, to do good. We often think of generosity first in terms of giving money. But Paul says here that the first responsibility of generosity is to do good, to do things that benefit other people. That's what good is, to seek the benefit of others, to seek beneficial outcomes. So we do good at work when we actually work hard so that our employer profits so that we do an excellent job so that others around us benefit from that. That's part of doing good. And that's part of generosity. And so we need, to, we need to do good. To be rich, then, in good works. That uh, sounds uh, slightly different, but uh, uh, almost the same, but it is slightly different. The idea here is, is not only to do good, to, to seek the benefit of other people, but then actually do little acts of kindness, little acts of goodness that benefit other people as well. So we need to be rich in doing good works. Then we need to be generous, and that, re that uh, refers to giving of ourselves freely. And the idea here applies to money, but it also applies to our time. It also applies to our other resources. It's being generous with our resources and to be ready to share. Not to give everything we have to other people, 
but to be willing to share what we do have with other people, again, for their benefit. This is not saying that you just give to people willy-nilly in ways that may or may not benefit them. This is actually talking about looking at what people need, looking at uh, where they are in their lives, and sharing of what God has given us so that they can experience the same kinds of benefits that we have experienced. This is not blindly giving to charity or blindly giving money away, but it's actually seeking to invest ourselves, to give ourselves in ways that benefit other people. So our first attitude here, as we travel through tough times, according to Paul, is to be generous, to practice generosity, to do the good things, to give in a good way, to share in a good way, so that other people might benefit. And I believe there's a real protection in generosity, because the Bible is fairly clear, as we are generous, God is also generous with us. This is not the kind of idea where we're, we're generous so that God gives us more for us to enjoy. It's not some kind of investment in God where we give God 10 pounds and then God gives us 100 pounds that we can spend uh, on ourselves. That's not, the, that's not the idea of the scriptures. The idea of the scriptures is that as we are generous with ourselves, doing good works, uh, doing good for other people, sharing of our resources, as we, are, as we practice generosity, God gives us more that we can give more. He doesn't give us more so that we can just use more for ourselves, but he gives us more so that we can give more, and in that whole process, we can also enjoy what God gives us. So in traveling through tough times, we need to be generous, but also we need to be frugal. Notice what he tells Timothy, verse 20. He says, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Every single one of us has been given something by God. We have been given our resources. We've been given our talents, our abilities. We've been given our time. We've been given our money. Uh, everything that we have is a gift from God. And we have a responsibility to guard, to protect, to keep, to safeguard that which God has given us. We have a responsibility to care for what God has given us so that it is not spent unnecessarily or unwisely. And this actually enables us to be more generous if we actually practice this. Now, for example, uh, Karen and I have the privilege of having a car. Uh, it's, it's all paid for and everything, and we really enjoy it. It's a, yeah, we didn't buy it new. We bought it, uh, we bought it used. And this is one of our resources. And we enjoy having this resource, but we also use this resource to bless other people. We use the resource, for some for work, to get supplies into the church. Uh, we use this resource uh, to help other people whenever we can. Uh, in a number of different ways, we're using this resource. But I also have to be frugal and take care of the resource. I wouldn't let just anybody drive it. I make sure that it gets its MOT, that it gets its annual servicing, that it has enough oil in the car, uh, that the tires are in good shape, that the brakes are in good shape, that mechanically the car is working as best as possible. I'm very frugal about that. I keep it. I care for it. I guard it. 
because as I protect it, I can be more generous. If I, if I let the car run out of oil, for example, and I blow up the engine, and then I have to spend 2,000 pounds on replacing the engine because I have failed to keep the resources God has given to me, I failed to guard them or protect them, then all of a sudden, that's 2,000 pounds that I have to waste on a resource that I could have taken care of where I could have been giving that money or using that money in a way to bless other people, I now have to squander it in taking care of a resource that I didn't take care of in the first place. That's why we have to be frugal. We have to guard our money. If I just uh, allow my money to be frittered away on unnecessary things, then when I really need my resources for something important, or I need to be able to give money to other people, then I won't have that money to give because I've been wasteful and negligent with my resources. So I have to be frugal, and that's not only with my money, that also applies to our time, it applies to our energy, it applies to our homes, our clothes, everything else. I want to be frugal, I want to take care of what God has given me so that I will have more in order to be generous. And so that's why this, this twofold discipline goes together. We need to be generous, and we also need to be frugal, and we are frugal because we can be more generous. And we're generous because we've been frugal and we've taken care of what God has given us. And if God in, sees that we take care of things, he will entrust us with more. I've seen many times over the years Christians really be angry at God because of what they don't have when actually the reason they don't have it's because they haven't taken care of what they did have. And God won't give us any more than my dad would have given me more allowance money if I was wasting it. God won't give us more if we're wasting what he has given us. And these, this twofold discipline of being generous and being frugal is absolutely essential as we travel through tough times because people are going to need our generosity and at the same time, we're going to need our frugality. We're going to need the resources that God has provided for us. So what do we do? If you found that you've not been frugal, that you've been wasteful, then you need to repent. And more than that, you need to do something about it. You need to make changes in your life to protect that which God has given you. And maybe you've been stingy and not been generous. You need to repent as well. And ask the Lord, Lord, how can I give more? How can I be more generous? And that's not about money. It's about your whole life. It's an orientation of your life toward other people. To pour out your life to them generously, just as God in Jesus Christ has poured out his life to us. After all, that is our model. Jesus is our model who willingly gave himself up for us. Calling us as his followers to willingly give us give ourselves generously to others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. And Father, I ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would speak into our hearts right now. If we have failed in some way to be generous, as you've called us to do, then I pray for your conviction uh, so that we might repent and so that we might be generous. If we fail to be frugal, then I pray for your conviction as well 
so that we might guard what has been entrusted to us and use it carefully for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that regardless, you'd set us, set, send us forth from here with a plan of how to change, of how to do things differently, and how to live our lives more abundantly for you. For we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.